0: It's e three,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's e three. e three is in full swing, <laughs> in full bloom. What do we
0: call this? Didn't there, there is like a clever name that people have given this time now? That's like that's like a pseudo non 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 e three thing. I don't remember, but
1: well, let's come up with one right now. We're creative people.
0: Are we creative? Let's people? Let's call it
1: e four. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: G G3, E4, G three. E four. G
1: three. Adam Sessler's. <laughs> Let's call it uh, Jeff's. Uh, let's Jeff. meet Jeff's friends. Oh, that's Jeff's what it was. Buddies.
0: That's what it was. Key three. Jeff two three. three.
1: Key three. <laughs> Jeff That's very three. good. I like that. Um, Nicholas Cage made an appearance. Oh yeah, and it was that. very awkward. I haven't and... been
0: watching all of it. I've been watching the clip. I watch clips online. I haven't. Oh, okay. I haven't sat down and watched a dry run of. Oh
1: no, I, I watched the I got, game thing. I gotta watch all of Jeff Keeley do his thing because yeah. that. And I said this on a stream the other day, but. Jeff Keighley is the most charming man who has never done this before. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's like, I've been doing this for 25 years. (laughs) But that's what it feels like to listen to him. Talk to an audience is like, I'm very charming and a public speaker, but I've just never been. It's like, I'm kind of shaking off the rust here. It's tough. I've never spoken in front of an audience before but i am i am good at it <laughs> yeah and that's just like his his style you which have to love to me. you
0: have to love jeff because he's a producer that forces himself on stage yes but he's char but to your point he's charming enough to get away with it basically any other producer he's that just puts himself, charming enough just i just want to say it's just barely <laughs> holding together it's absolutely. like
1: almost crumbling yeah yeah uh, and, there's a
0: history the, the the good side of jeff is there is a history there where it's like he had humble beginnings and he put in Many, many hours of work. So you're like, you know what? It's fine. Jeff gets to be a sellout. Okay? Yeah. Jeff oh, yeah. gets to be a sellout because he was there. Can you even call
1: him a sellout? <laughs> right if, like, that's what... <laughs> He bought it out. Yeah. He's the
0: one doing the selling he, out he to bought himself. In. He yeah. didn't
1: sell out. That's that's what happened. Right. He 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 bought it. Uh yeah, I mean, I just think it's weird that every year for all of the for game awards and for summer game fest, yeah. that it's just like instead of them being like, oh, let's find like a host, like somebody uh-huh. to host this. They're just like, well, it will be Jeff again. Yeah. And I just think it makes it kind of awkward. It's it's sort of like if your boss yeah. hosts the Christmas party. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, your boss is the boss and he has a weird yeah. perspective well, because he's the boss and can't just be a host. Yeah, you know? it's
0: weird because, I mean, like in, in film, it's like actors or hosts doing the hosting or like who hosts the Oscars, right? Like it's it's people in what is the equivalent of that in video games? Like who... Cause anytime it's been an actor hosting, it feels bad. It feels like fish well, out yeah, of water. No, it can't be it's an actor. Jay Moore doing that oh, again.
1: Oh wow. a that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that did happen uh, many, uh, many
0: times. That happened. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like I don't know. What? Who is it supposed to be? The Last of Us guy? What's his name? The famous voice actor? Troy Baker. Yeah. Does everybody just like that guy? Should I mean, he just host? I, maybe he'd probably be a good. I mean, he'd I think he'd be good the at best. Us. That's what I'm saying. he he probably like, be a good host? I don't know, man. Uh, it, uh, these things are just always so weird. What's what's been your most actual look? Excited thing that's been a uh, showcase. I want
1: to. So we're going to we're going to talk about not E3 before we get into the, the specifics of today's episode. But um, OK, well, so what do we want to start with? I guess we'll start with. Do you want to start with Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth? Yeah, so actually. Yeah. That trailer was fun because to me wow. it communicated that we are in the bonkers zone. Yeah. And that the whole game might be bonkers. Right. <laughs> uh, which is exciting for me. Because it's exciting
0: know, for me now too. I get to say that. Yeah.
1: It's exciting for me. It's exciting the idea that the whole game might be kind of in the vibe of the ending of the first game. Yeah. If you haven't finished the first game, you gotta play it. Uh because at the end it gets pretty weird. It doesn't yeah. just you know, it's not just straight up and down uh what you expect. There's some surprises <laughs> in there and the trailer I'll say this, do not watch the if you have not played yeah. the the first episode of the Final Fantasy Seven remake. Do not watch any trailer footage for the second one, yeah. because it will really tip you off to w- the flavor of bonkers yeah. we're even going for. What I
0: love about the trailer is it's as if there are clips of all of the characters of Final Fantasy VII saying to the audience, the ending of that game was pretty weird, huh? Yeah. Wasn't that weird? And we're sti- And guess what? We're still... I just can't figure... I can't make ends meet here. I don't know what's going on with, yeah. with, with what happened at the end of that game. Um i'm stoked like i'm i'm genuinely very excited for I think it's gonna what that be game's gonna be
1: i think it's gonna be real interesting and i like i'm i'm very excited for the i i'm i'm excited for all the locations to be kind of paid off in mm-hmm. like a fun way we saw a little bit of the chocobo ranch we saw a little bit of junin from the outside yeah. the idea of it being an open world experience the idea of this final fantasy 7 remake project kind of Carrying different game flavors yeah. from game to game is right. really exciting to me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just the bonkers stuff on top of that. It would have been nice to see a little more gameplay, especially like sure. gameplay from the perspective of the newer characters. Obviously, we're going to have Red 13 as a real character. Tifa. We're going to have uh, Yuffie. Or, I mean, yeah, Yuffie. yeah. excuse me. Yuffie, Yuffie will be uh, a character Um. kind of coming it's over from the DLC Interesting for the last game.
0: It's interesting what the trailer chose to show and what it chose not to show that you would think there's room to show like I, I it's I don't yeah. I don't know like we don't have any sense of how far this game will go right that's the big open end question we know sure. there are three games yeah. we know this is just the second one of a, a, what is a much more open story they only show essentially up to what is in theory the moment of uh Aerith you know dying in final fantasy 7 like oh sure. we, we only know like we don't see anything past that point and we don't see sid we don't see cat she, we don't like we don't see any there's a bunch of stuff we don't see any semblance of being in this game but well that doesn't
1: mean it's not in there i mean as a, a as someone that has the entire all yes. of final fantasy 7 inside of them i will tell you exactly what we saw we saw detailed snapshots of every location up until uh not even just junin the the ship there is Mm -hmm. a part where they get on a boat and the boat takes them to another continent um and clearly and and we barely saw the ship in fact i think the only reference to the ship is a boss fight that i'm like that's the boss fight that happens Mm -hmm. on the boat um (laughs) so we don't see anything from that next continent which is where you have stuff like gold saucer which is where we meet Ketchy. Where you have Rocket Town, which is where we meet Sid. But that's a huge percentage oh, it's of a giant the percentage. game. Yeah, so if, yeah.
0: if, if this game only gets up to that point, that's the third game doesn't make any sense to me in terms of like the scope of it, basically. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I doubt that it I mean, I'm sure it does way more than right. what it showed in the trailer. I, th- the I think the trailer showed like, my the, point the first like chunk of that yeah, game. Exactly. Hopefully. I mean, maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe it well, maybe they showed us the whole game. In the no, first I, I
0: don't think that's the case. I am just saying by not showing us anything else it's just fun that they're keeping that very close to the chat like because I don't know, I, maybe at that point like things are quite different than you know what I mean if if we're dealing uh, with a game that is like what you can and cannot expect from it being a remake you know, at some point, maybe that opens up to such a wide <laughs> range of possibilities I that think, we're not being shown things.
1: I think considering they hit uh, every location, like we saw a little bit of calm. We saw a little bit of uh, Chocobo yeah. Ranch. We saw a little bit. We did not see uh, Fort Condor, I don't think. And we didn't see any of the Midgar Zolom, which is the uh, snake monster. Yeah. Um. But we basically beat for beat kind of saw everything up until that boat in, yeah. in little bit little snapshots. So I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. That what they're trying to say is like, listen, like that we're still gonna give going you to the a lot of Final Fantasy VII, right? Um, even if we might like drift off from the path a little bit, yeah. Um, and there were references to uh, Nibelheim, yeah. Uh, even if we didn't see any more of it, but we've already seen it yeah, right. in the first episode, yeah. Um, so we just haven't played through it at all. So I guarantee you that a lot of that stuff is still got to be in there somewhere yeah. um but really to me the big question is how long is this game because the yeah. first episode is about a 40 hour experience right and this
0: one's already teased as being open world yeah to some extent
1: yeah so like pacing wise yeah. it feels like if especially like being able to see the game now and the the fidelity of it and how deeply it might be yeah. that it is uh you know being realized how is this like 150 hours like how long is this can i give
0: my prediction just my little soft prediction because we've only seen this opening area i think it's i mean this is normal practice but like i think this is open world within restricted hubs almost like a grand theft auto island and then you unlock the next part of the island so to your point they are only showing us the first open world hub area yeah but what i'm predicting is you can bounce around within that open area quite a lot and get things in maybe a slightly remixed order from the original game. I I don't know the extent that I'm even suggesting that, but I think you could bounce around a lot more and get story stuff. Like I, I I wonder if it will have as strict of an episodic structure as the first game Yeah, where it's like, you're doing this right now, you're doing this later. Or if it's like, you can just kind of go right. If you can just like go to calm for a while, abandon that for a bit, go to the Chocobo rant. Like I, I I think it's going to be like that, but then like you will more or less complete that whole hub when we get on the boat. We go to the next area. We unlock the next island. That's our new hub that we're now going to spend quite a lot of time in, and we don't even necessarily go back to the previous hub or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just like in Final, I mean, that's that's, that's the, structure, just of the structure of Final right. Fantasy VII. But yeah. but
0: but opening that up within the the moments maybe more. Basically. Yeah,
1: I I think like I bet you we keep the chapter structure, but you what the way it works is like every third chapter or so, you know, is going to be open world right. and i can do actually go kind of like from place to place like pretty seamlessly yeah. but i mean what are you gonna do in that open world and final fantasy 7 you can't do anything in right. the open world besides have random encounters right so and i think like a lot of a lot of final fantasy's ambition i feel like has been to uh sort of capture the sort of side questy flavor mm-hmm. of western games like red dead redemption 2 and yeah. witcher 3 and I wonder if we'll actually see them make an attempt at that because the side quest in Final Fantasy 7, um, I mean, they weren't they weren't bad, but they were uh, all kind of stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And to me, it kind of sounds like we're going to keep doing that, like yeah. perhaps in the open world bits is where we do all the side quests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a little bit of a shame because right. I think stacking all the side quests into one chapter was not, like, the best way to enjoy side quest material. Yeah. Because it makes me do it all right. in one day in one session. Yeah. Um, and so by the end of that, especially in replaying it for the show, the side quest chapters were kind of my least favorite part. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, yeah, I remember these. Yeah.
0: It feels nonsensical to not do them. They're just right there. There's not that many. It's yeah. quite easy. And, and, like it's obvious benefits from doing at least most of them right in each of those chapters it's like well you unlock something if you do kind of all of these right and there's only four so yeah might as well yeah so in that way, a it, doesn't way even, to do it doesn't do it doesn't feel like a side quest yeah. like it feels like no this is just part this is for some reason an optional part of the main quest <laughs> it's like
1: a, it's like five side quests that make a cumulative main quest right essentially four, yeah. five side quests make one main quest yeah um but yeah i don't know i'm really excited um i'm sure the game is gonna be Uh, dope and weird and even if it's bad it's gonna be hilarious um so there you go i'm completely sold uh all right your turn what do you want to talk about
0: i don't want to talk about starfield but we probably should well let's talk about starfield (laughs)
1: let's talk about starfield
0: it i i uh I am not one of these people that's excited by that long presentation that we got. I think no, there I are, cagey. There's, there's a little cagey. Yeah, there's there's lies in there. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's Todd's lies all over that thing. Oh yeah,
1: Todd's <laughs> lies all over that thing. Uh, I think I I was bummed out because I did not realize that um, we teleport or mm-hmm. that we. Sorry, I thought you fly the ship. You thought you no know Man's sky. The, I thought you no know Man's sky. No. And, um, and the fact, and I think it's dumb that I had that expectation. I just thought that that was a given mm-hmm. and seeing the new gameplay trailer apparently the way it works is you're in space and then you select you know your spaceport yeah. on the planet yeah. and then you watch a little an uh, a video of your ship flying down and I don't know that's yeah. that's, that's that's a I, bit of a bummer so,
0: someone me. on our discord aptly pointed out like Yeah, because, like, remember how well that worked in Mass Effect 1 when you just, like, pick a planet to go down to, and then there's just, like, only side quests to do on that planet, and they're sort of just, they have the vibe of being procedurally generated, and they're just sort of, like, empty shells of content. Yeah. Man, we all loved that, didn't we? That was, like, really, that was, like, the best part of Mass Effect 1, huh? Yeah, it does Uh, kind of
1: seem like the Mass Effect 1 side quest as full game. Yeah. Which is. Well, well, and I don't think it's. I
0: mean, because to me, the way I'll. What it seems like to me is like you go to a planet and there are like specific locations you are meant to go to. There's cities on some planets, right? Right, right. So for me, and the way I play Bethesda games is like I don't do actually so much of the like, let me just go out and explore. It's like I, I let quests guide me in Bethesda games. So I'm sure my experience at Starfield will be like, okay, now we go to this city and we do its stuff and it's going to tell us to go to this open wilderness area and, and then I'll go do that. And like I'll just sort of beeline through the actual human-created
1: content and sometimes the procedural stuff will get in the way. I want you to write me. Uh-huh. Here's something I want you to do for me um, for Starfield uh-huh. because I, I am going to try so hard to love starfield with my whole heart i'm going to open my heart up to it in as many ways as possible i want you to write me a 10 commandments of here is bethesda. how of of just tell me exactly how you want me to play That's what, really what philosophy you want me to have what mindset <laughs> what choices you want me to make character wise i just don't and know you, if and there's I a I way do them exactly
0: i don't know if there's a way for you to love a bethesda game though why because, not because i think if i think the more i've got a big heart when you say you open your heart up to it to me, what it says is actually going to happen internally is Hunter's going to say, hurt me, Bethesda. Like, oh, no. like it's it's hard for me to know how you can open like if it's not already hooking you. I don't know how a Bethesda game is supposed to hook you. There's a lot. You are not alone in this. world. I know it sometimes feels like you're alone, but you are not alone in Bethesda hate world. Like, oh, yeah. No, I know. Like, yeah. it's
1: a majority of the Internet.
0: Yeah. So, like, I, I just I I I don't know how it is going to grab you. But, yeah, I will. I will write you a Ten Commandments. Um, yes. I'll, I'll, let me say what I am excited for. Right. Uh, what what from this big presentation got me intrigued? Here, the big thing here is everything is an empty promise as of right now. So even the things I'm excited about, there's no proof that it's actually good to me. Yeah, yeah, at, at the right, current moment, right. we've seen the idea of what the system might look like but like the execution of that matters a lot
1: real quick i just before before we get into specifics i i realized we didn't really do a good overview of what the presentation was it was a highly edited Mm -hmm. half uh interviewing team members Uh, at bethesda quote
0: unquote interviewing Interviewing. yeah yeah. (laughs) they are scripted for sure it
1: was half talking head propaganda (laughs) and then half highly edited gameplay which is very weird because a year ago yeah. we saw uncut gameplay. Right. And I think they were not thrilled with us seeing that. Yeah. So to me, this is a step backwards as right. far as what we're getting. We got to see more of the game for sure, but we got to see it in a cagier, yeah. cowardly yes. way. I which agreed. is a bad indicator. Right. I would say as And this far is supposed to come out game. in
0: September. This, this is
1: coming out in September Oof. and we did not see what we did not see, what I what I would like to have seen is just a longer uncut gameplay yep. preferably someone on stage live yep. playing it right and those are the things that we that we did not see yep. so that's a bummer that we didn't see that yeah instead though we got i would say a much fuller taste of everything in the game just in the propaganda zone
0: yeah and when all those things were being presented as like they're obsessed with their own legacy and so i like the the best example i have is like there's some people out there that are excited by the producer the woman who's like, my favorite thing to do is go around and collect sandwiches. Isn't that funny? It's like, yeah, we've all seen the videos of the guy collecting the cheese. Like, we right. know we that that's the joke. Yeah, we yes. got it. We've done that in every single Bethesda game ever. You don't get to use that as a selling point forever, that this is the same as every single other Bethesda game. Right. That only goes so far. Like, it's nice that it's got some of the core sort of trappings right like you know Mm -hmm. there's a flavor that you're going to be accustomed to right that does not mean i want the exact same gameplay experience as all of the previous games right so what i got out of this that i am hopeful for is uh the the ship outfitting stuff sort of the ship building i don't care about like actually building a ship it is really it's it's funny that they're like yeah you can you can make it look whatever you want but like
1: you can make it look stupid. You can make it look stupid, but it's like, listen, y'all,
0: we're all playing Tears of the Kingdom right now, and that system is way more robust than what you just showed us you can make our also, ship look like.
1: Also, it's gameplay focused. Yeah. That's the thing about right. the Tears of the Kingdom right. like system is that it is it is you being like, all right, here's a bunch of junk lying around. Turn, it, in. Turn it into a tool right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, And that's very different from, I'm designing my ship. Right. like a house. Right. And like, how much utility function does all of this right. have, but, really?
0: But what I am hopeful for is that the utility there and especially in what i always call like the bethesda mid game or whatever which is when i think the game is the most fun early game is like i don't have the stuff yet i don't have like tools on my kit and late game is defined by like i have too many tools in my kit yeah but there is a sweet spot to me that i'm always striving for and i'm trying to spend most of my time playing is that like mid game like i have some powers but not everything right and i'm like actually making a build and it seems like they're suggesting You've got your character with your character build. And I've always liked that in Bethesda games. I think they're personally really good at that. I like their leveling systems a lot. And it's what hooks me. And it sounds like they're trying to make that an aspect of their ship stuff as well. Which is to say, like, you add certain rooms to your ship modules, and that's yeah. going to change what the priorities of your ship are. And, and that even goes as far, too, as the crew you hire will modify how things can operate. I hope that's actually the case. They have barely teased that that is kind of the idea, and I can see about a dozen ways it's actually just an empty, vapid nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've seen it in Fallout Four, right? Like well, I know mm-hmm. what Bethesda bases look like, so I'm not. I don't have high hopes, but I have some hopes.
1: I won on this point, Matt. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, in that I thought that was the most interesting potential. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. With in in no way did anyone break down yep. like why functionally you would want this? Yeah. <laughs> like what what the gameplay purpose of it would be Yeah, they'd be like you'll have friends on your ship and it's like what do they do yeah like what <laughs> what do my friends do for right. me yeah um because yeah it's like if, if it's just that i have my buddies on my ship well that's not horrible i mean i like having digital yeah. buddies right it it isn't a, really a system at that no. point. It's and not the, something i And the buddies
0: with. they show, just to be clear, the first thing they showed in this whole presentation is like, you're going to have a wild cast of characters. And I loathed every that was single miserable. thing any yeah. of them said. If this is the best foot forward they have for the story writing of Starfield, y'all don't like quit playing Bethesda games for story. Okay. Yeah. Anyone who even brings that up as a as a down of this game, I don't know what to tell you like you 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 bought grocery store sushi. Okay, (laughs) you need to have expectations as
1: a man who has done that (laughs) recently and it killed me. That's why your episode is late, by the way. I (laughs) ate some grocery store sushi and then something really bad. Yeah, (laughs) a day was canceled. (laughs) A A complete a day of my life. Of, of which I get a finite amount, by mm-hmm. the way. By the way, Harps, the grocery <laughs> store who poisoned me. Uh, it's very, very uh, sad that uh, yeah. one of them was taken from me. But yeah, Starfield. Anyways,
0: that's Starfield. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna play
1: it. Uh, I wouldn't expect us to do an episode on it very soon after it's released. Well, that's it's why I'm, at, I'm bummed out. Yeah. I'm really bummed out because I was reading the tea leaves and mm-hmm. I was like, this is a holiday release 2023 at the earliest maybe even early 2024 release and the september was like kind of the like exact like okay so i'm i'm just i'm i'm kind of in that zone of like being wrong yeah but not even enough wrong for it to be like wow i was all i was completely off but it's just like wow that's the most inconvenient month for us for you to have done that but
0: it's a huge game so for me it's like the episode for it will come out eventually. It'll be a thing I'm plucking away at. I'll try to play Starfield in the background. I always say that, though. I'm never playing anything in the background, no. so I don't know. But, I I mean, with... the I, Actually, the one place that's been true is, like, Sea of Thieves. I've been able to, quote-unquote, play in the background. Yeah. Um, and, and so I hope Starfield is a similar experience for me, where it's like, no, 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 I'll just, like, a night, a week, play some Starfield, and then eventually we'll have an episode about it, like, months later or whatever, you know, as part of Uh, what will be a late season three there's there's a delay between season two and season three of OGA uh but anyways yeah I I don't think I have anything else from uh, the recent showcases of no I think those are the two big especially in the context of this show those are like our two big hot releases
1: well I mean Alan Wake 2
0: oh Uh, yeah oh man I didn't watch much of it but all I can say is I I want Alan Wake 1 to be uh, an upcoming episode pretty badly I really want to play Alan Wake 1 now
1: I'll say this, it does seem like Alan Wake 2 is intending to kind of like fill you in mm-hmm. on Alan Wake 1 in a way that might be so interesting. Just do that. That I'm not maybe that interested in replaying Alan Wake 1. I realize like I'll probably have a deeper as far as Easter egg and catching mm-hmm. things experience if I replay Alan Wake 1, but there's something that Sam Lake said. Uh, it's So it's a two protagonist right, narrative. right. And one of the, so one of the protagonists is Alan Wake, and uh, one is, I forget her name, but the idea is- A new is, character, though. Yeah. The idea is that she don't know nothing about Alan Wake. Right. And she you you learn about the story kind of as, like, she's like your, she's like a new player proxy. Yeah. Uh, In that, you know, you, you can play as her, and she doesn't know about Alan Wake, and she's figuring stuff out. However, so there's a very interesting system uh, in play that it c- could be kind of, uh, smoke and mirrors. Cause it's like, we don't have a very good description of it, but the idea is it's a, a dual protagonist narrative, uh, a la Solid too. Uh, however, you can switch between protagonists at any point oh. with the idea being that's sort of your way of like changing the story. Uh-huh. Uh, which is kind of similar to something they tried, I think, in a, a game that I did not play called like Quantum Break. Yeah. So it's so that's why I sort of have hope because it's like, oh, they've actually experimented with a system like this in the past, and they're going to so refine
0: it, that. Yeah and, yeah, and
1: hopefully they've refined it. Um, and I'll tell you this much of of the games we talked about and the games that we've shown or that that have we've been shown at not E three this year. If you ask me to put money on which of them is like a good game and yeah. a great experience, even though we're probably going to talk about... I mean, we don't have a whole lot to say about Alan Wake 2. I would bet you that Alan Wake 2 is actually the the really, really good great. game. Yeah. I mean, it's like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, is kind of just a personal uh I would say pervert interest (laughs) and is not like is a goofy weird thing Starfield is watching the train wreck (laughs) yeah Starfield is like I mean even even if there's gonna be good aspects of it there's gonna be a million little things that will require caveats or whatever Mm -hmm. but Alan Wake 2 is probably just like a good smart video game that will be a worthwhile experience Game game and when you finish it you'll be like oh that I'm glad I played that yeah which to be honest I'm not really sure anything else we saw will carry the weight of that yeah so anyways
0: that's been your 25 minute cold open on to the show (laughs)
1: let's go
0: And welcome? Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. You're just starting this. (laughs) It's Old Gamers Almanac, the definitive ranking of all video games every week at a time. I'm Matt Martins, and here with me,
1: it's Hunter Donaldson. It's me, uh, your expert guest this week. (laughs) Uh, We are going to be talking about Half-Life 1. Half-Life. Yeah, and it's part of our, uh, now that's what I call gaming, 90s, <laughs> 90s PC, PC gaming. gaming. Uh, well, that's what it's called, right? That's I think what, that's it's, what called. it's called. Something
0: yeah. like that. It's our season where we talk about a bunch of games, not enough, but it's some games from the, from the 90s on the PC platform, and uh, in the past, uh, we have talked about Doom, and we have talked about Quake, yep. both of which are pretty like monumental, uh, historical- artifacts of the first-person shooter genre
1: yeah definitive and, first-person yeah, shooting games yeah.
0: yeah and the the sort of next in line chronologically of that sort of story of the 90s and first-person shooting i would say is half-life half-life is sort Absolutely. of the next iteration uh comes just a couple years after quake is built kind of off the bones of the quake engine uh and uh, was valve Trying some new things. The big things that they were trying that were quote unquote new in 1998 uh, was you know most of these games had been defined by like this is the level you're playing. This is a level. We're not too focused on story. If there's been some like text at the start of a level or whatever, but it's very much like puzzly in find key, find door, exit level, be done. Yeah, uh, and like really refined gameplay hooks within that. You know, like like this level is about this mechanically or whatever. And Half-Life says, well, we'd really love it if there was actual story to this. We'd love it if this was like one continuous thing. Let's let's get rid of the idea of these episodes. There's sort of chapters in Half-Life, but yeah. you could even ignore that. I mean, it's like a chapter, like a title screen just sort of pops up or a a text a sub like a little just bead of text pops up. And it's like, yeah, you're sort of in a new chapter. But really, it's one continuous experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like puzzles within that. There's. Uh, kill everything in the area moments within that. But it's it's one continuous experience and you never, ever leave the first person perspective. There are no cut scenes. Everything that is doled out in the story is doled out right there in front of you as you play, which was quite novel in 1998.
1: Yeah, it's very influential. Um, it basically, I, I would say, invented the uh, sort of canned animation moment yeah. or like narrative beat that is triggered by you walking into a room yeah. uh, If it, if it didn't uh coin that it definitely popularized it um and you can kind of see its influence all over not even just first person shooting games yeah. but i think about last of us a lot whenever or, or uncharted as yeah. well uh when i when i think about half-life because it's like these are games where instead of sort of yanking the camera away from the player and saying look at this yeah uh it's like no, you just stay with with the character you're playing, and then something happens. Yeah, you know, and and either you see that or you don't see that. Uh, basically, and in fact, Half Life, of course, is is very well known for having this character called the G-Man, uh, who is a man dressed as a government agent, uh-huh. or he's just dressed as some sort of weird businessman, and he is hidden all throughout the game as mm-hmm. uh, sort of an Easter egg, and you kind of see him. He's a little scary, and uh, at the end of the game, you sort of find out a little bit of what's going on uh with that guy but he's just some weird guy you see right. around and he's actually a really good i mean i think example of what valve style storytelling is which yeah. is that it's it's all just happening in the world and yeah. you, you know you either see it or you don't and it's kind of your player agency part of your player agency is did you see that thing right there
0: right did and it, it can go to i mean you you can be kind of a chaotic player and like to the extent of You know, you come into areas and there's like a scientist, and he's gonna kind of tell you to do a couple things. And in telling you to do a couple things, it's sort of expressing to you the story so far. But you can, like, you can walk up and like shoot that guy. Like, there's nothing that you can't, you can't, you can turn that off, which means you can just turn the whole story off, basically, of this game, and you just keep going from moment to moment. You can't
1: kill the G-man, but well,
0: well, he's never in a space where you could. He's always on the other side of a window or something, right? So, so yeah, you can't, you can't kill him, but you, you can do anything to anything else. Uh. Which means like the story is kind of as much as you want to make from it. It's not that complicated of a story either. So the whole idea is and it's, it's got a very famous opening act, especially for this time, because it doesn't just throw you into the action there in, in development. In fact, there even was a time where they didn't have this and they chose to like, actually, let's just have some time where you're immersed in being Gordon Freeman. And you yeah. just show up late for work. You get suited up to do your day's work. And, uh, you are doing a science experiment at this underground research facility, this Mm -hmm. sort of top secret, uh, government agency called Black Mesa. And, uh, the experiment goes horribly wrong and you open up a dimension, uh, like a portal to another place in space or whatever. And all of the alien creatures start busting through and Mm -hmm. terrorizing, uh, the thing and and killing everybody, killing everybody. You're trying to escape for a while, uh, as you escape. You discover that the military has been called in to uh, make sure nobody ever finds out about any of this uh, because there's a-, a hilarious moment where the scientists around you are cheering the military. They're here. They're here to save oh, us. Yeah, and they yeah. run out into this room and you watch them all get murdered or you could run out with them. And then all of a sudden you start getting fired upon and you have to run right, back and hide. Right. And you spend the rest of the game that's a great moment killing everything you have to like the mercenaries are not on your side. Nobody's on your side except for the other scientists and uh, I guess security officers that you come across. And so then your goal becomes you have to figure out like how to escape escape this and how to stop this. And eventually it's you need to go to this other research facility and close this portal. You need to go through. They've been experimenting with how to get to where these aliens Mm -hmm. are from and you need to stop. All of this from coming through basically yeah, yeah. um and yeah it's it is a uh, to me it's kind of an expertly told story from that immersion standpoint again you can kind of get as much of it as you want but it's not like overdoing it at any point it's not like ham-fisted scripted stuff it's just these moments happen and you aspe- like especially with that mercenary moment there's nothing overtly like really really selling you on the idea that like and now the mercenaries are turning against you there's no cut scene are they mercenaries
1: of... i thought they're just like the military they're the military yeah. yeah yeah
0: i keep saying mercenaries and i don't know why it's just the word i use for dudes in in armored suits and stuff yeah, but yeah no they're they're military they're uh but they they come in and i think the very first time i ever played half-life i didn't even fully recognize like what was happening like what i was being told in that moment plot wise is that like i think it takes a little bit of time but yeah it's a cover-up to, to understand what the military the Ar- is the, doing the army has decided that <laughs> to, yeah. that
1: no one needs to have knowledge of this event right exactly to kill to right. kill all of the scientists yeah. yeah yeah um yeah they, they've they've you know they, they've they redacted <laughs> they've redacted you and all and of the your colleagues yeah the yeah. entire facility basically you've all, you've all been whited out yeah basically um yeah well uh let's talk about I guess I'll start with uh, the opening chapter because it's really famous. Yeah. You're on this uh, sort of train car and you're sort of looking at, you know, you're getting a feel for the space and you're seeing a lot of like story detail and uh, kind of like the, the, these kind of canned animation is yeah. like sort of like the idea of, of Half Life. And of course, it's very crude by today's standards. It's sure. not, it's not like it, none of it, none of it looks good but at the time I think it really like blew people's minds as far as like this game is truly invested in telling me a story and being a first person shooter at the same time now I I am not necessarily someone who loves these games Mm -hmm. both of them I think Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2 I think have some they appeal to to certain things that I don't find I think as compelling as other people do and I would say that the train car yeah. aspect of the game is, uh, like, a really good example of, like, that. Like, yeah. the, this opening is considered legendary, but in the opening, it feels to me like there's this weird kind of aspect, I think, of Valve design, which is, like, everything is very focused, but maybe it's, like, a little too focused mm-hmm. to where it's, like, I'm literally stuck on a train car. And I can look at only the things that Valve wants me to see, and I'm just kind of waiting to, to get through so that I can get to the sort of gameplay parts. Right. But it always feels like the gameplay is kind of turned down a little bit as far as in the priority list. Yeah. Whereas it feels like what Valve really wants to show me is their technology. Yeah. And the the sort of scripted event stuff. Right. Which is basically, I mean, they are cutscenes, really. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like it they're non-gameplay. Just because you haven't yanked the camera away doesn't mean it's not a cutscene. And I would say in a weird way, letting me be the cameraman for the cutscenes kind of robs them of a little bit of um organic yeah. aspect to it. So well, it's like I I see what's happening. But I probably see it in a dumb way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm probably looking at it weird. Well,
0: it's interesting because it's intended to be, like, more immersive, right? You never leave your character's eyes. And I think in some ways it is. But also, we're all dipshit video game players. So, like, I'm Gordon and I can just, like, be wiggling my mouse around and, like, crouching and, like, hopping around on stuff. like, And Mm -hmm. especially on, on, like, a replay of this game where you're, like, not even paying attention (laughs) to the events at all. Like, you're just, I'm over here in the corner, like, doing whatever. It, it's like very specifically giving the player the opportunity to erase immersion entirely uh it, oh, it, it's yeah, a way I you can so. betray your own experience because you're goofing around too much
1: well there's that there's yeah may, maybe i am a dipshit but also maybe <laughs> i'm not because here's the thing if you don't act like a dipshit a lot of the times uh, the way that that cutscenes work in valve games is these characters all just stand sometimes even in a circle right and they just talk to each other and that's about as organic Mm -hmm. as it can be whereas if you pulled the camera away like think about something like uh even anachronox which is what just like a couple years later three years um it if you if you move the camera around there's a lot of cheating you can do and Mm -hmm. that cheating can add even at around this time a lot of character and this feels weird because i'm nitpicking a game that's sort of like laying down a foundation yeah but i think it's weird that they kept it in through half-life 2 i guess is what i'm saying because i i feel like in half-life 2 it feels to me truly bizarre whereas half-life 1 it is like easier to excuse is just like well this is just how we did it if the camera moves then we can cheat if the camera stays with uh with gordon freeman your character then it really does just feel like I'm looking at computer characters that are just standing and delivering yeah. dialogue directly to me. That's why g man is like actually kind of the best character, yeah, uh because his stiffness, his weird computerness yeah, yeah. is like an aspect of his creepiness, right, So it doesn't seem like, oh well, like this character that's supposed to be warm actually feels very cold because yeah. of, they're just standing there looking at me um which is why it's especially smart that in Half-Life 2 they prioritize facial animation right. so much because there is yeah. no other way in, their, in the way that they've structured these games for the characters to sort of endear themselves uh, yeah. to you. But I feel like I'm getting away from Half-Life 1 uh, a lot in that, in that critique, but yeah. Um,
0: Gameplay-wise, uh, you know the game is a first-person shooter first and foremost. It wants you to have guns and kill stuff. But it's also an era of its time where, like, platforming uh, was somewhat a popular thing. And yeah. so there's lots of platforming in Half-Life. Uh, significantly more than, like, in your Dooms and your Quakes. This is, like, oh, also a platforming game. I would
1: say Dooms and qu- the Dooms and Quakes of the world are, like, Just, no, 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 no. We don't really have yeah. any platform. Right.
0: Uh, but it, it it's a lot of that. And then there's puzzles. There's some, f- some light physics-based puzzles you can push some boxes around. And honestly, the first time the game asks you to, like, actually progress by moving boxes around it caught me off guard because it doesn't ask you to do that for a very long time like there's a big chunk where you're just running and shooting and and jumping off static boxes and it took me probably like three minutes of like oh wait this thing i i forgot i could grab boxes at all like i forgot i can grab stuff and move it around and then jump on top of it or whatever um so i would i would say all of those things are like they're okay um the worst part is that the platforming doesn't feel great because uh, when we did the Quake episode, I remarked so much about how Quake feels like everything that came after. Mm-hmm. And uh, in replaying Half-Life, there's some, some... I have to eat my words because Half-Life doesn't feel that much like Quake. My memory of Half-Life felt different. And Half-Life 2 doesn't feel necessarily like Half-Life 1 either. Half-Life 1 is very slidey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of that is to account for... Uh, this was like the f- the first game or one of the first games to popularize uh wazdy movement. Uh, before this, all like Doom and stuff, it's it's a different style of movement. Quake, I don't, I think Quake was somewhat wazdy, but Half Life is known for like really solidifying this. Is, we are well, using Half Life didn't movement.
1: do it. That guy did it. Literally, a sure. guy was like, yeah, yeah, it was it was a pro. It, I forget what his name was, right. but it was like an early esports. Yeah, guy yeah, yeah, was like I use wazdy, And then people but, were like, oh, wazdy's right, good. and Half Life adopted
0: it as the primary. This is the way you load up the game, and I, that's the control. I think it's scheme. like
1: Half Life was the game that had come out after WASDI had yeah. been so solidified that right. it came out of the box yes. just being like, with the understanding that this you're is how we do it WASDE. now.
0: But within that, w- within that like range of movement, that's very cardinal direction based. They added this like extra floatiness that I think is supposed to make it all feel smoother. Yeah, uh, and instead very often makes it feel like no I didn't want to step that far especially in platforming segments where it's like I need this jump to go exactly right like this and it's just so much of it feels weird a little finicky it's finicky ladders are hell (laughs) trying to get onto a ladder and then climb it normally and then get off that ladder without like then just falling all the way down to your death or whatever you will quick save and quick reload like all the time in this game Uh, I had one section where I was just you have to like run along this thing, jump and hit a ladder. And the ladder is like not on the ground. It's like raised up above. And I had to redo that like 40 times. Like I literally just saved in the run up before that. And just I couldn't get my guy to stick to the ladder. It took so many tries. So that stuff like was way more annoying than I was prepared for in the replay. Uh, It it definitely felt worse than I remembered it feeling or remembered Half-Life 2, I guess, feeling I played way more Half-Life 2 than I've ever played half-life one so it must be that my memory is of that basically um but so i was surprised by uh not actually enjoying the feeling let alone uh we did portal not that long ago yeah and we were a little bit down on portal or i especially i know i was down on portal Mm -hmm. uh, and i played portal on my steam deck and now after playing maybe a third of my half-life experience on my steam deck uh the steam deck is made by valve and their games feel like dog shit on the steam deck i yeah. i hate how their games feel and other old games don't feel as bad on the steam deck
1: oh dude doom rules on doom the steam rules deck.
0: on the steam deck quake yeah. rules on the steam deck yeah but
1: like half-life feels especially bad hey valve what's up with that why don't <laughs> you have your games feel good on your console it seems weird that you wouldn't think to make that a priority <laughs> right you know um but yeah no i i also i concur with the the steam deck uh aspect of half-life in, in that it's really sad that half-life feels really bad on the steam deck i would imagine there are a lot of people that got their steam deck and were like oh i want to because i'm thinking about valve maybe i want to replay all the all the valve games and maybe their experience has been not so great with that i don't yeah. know if there's any listeners that want to concur right um i don't know i so let's talk about so the platforming you talked a little bit about the platforming. Um I feel like there's this thing that both Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2 do that I think is a little bit weird in that it feels like they don't iterate on one particular idea mm-hmm. and and instead will be like here's this. Yeah. So we we have a we have a puzzle where you you push a a box yeah. and it's like okay cool that's really neat yeah. that you showed me that you can do push box puzzles bye forever <laughs> bye bye bye. look at this section you're gonna jump from from thing to thing like like you're a mario for a second i'm like wow that's really cool and I'm like mm-hmm. bye bye yeah <laughs> it, it's like uh, so much of game design is about iterating on an idea so Absolutely. that it can like kind of blossom yeah yeah and i feel like valve's philosophy with both half-life games is look at this thing that one of the people that works on the game came up with yeah. and it's very neat And hopefully another game will use it in a way where we really get to feel the depth of it. It feels like a Half-Life game is a series of tech demos that you're experiencing that are super impressive. And each Half-Life game has like pushed uh, the whole industry forward. But I feel like they suffer from creative inflation by being so dedicated to just showing off Yeah, the beginnings, the kernel, the nugget of an idea, and that nugget might be revolutionary. Mm -hmm. But in revisiting it, you know, if you compare Half Life to to Quake and Doom, I had so much more fun with both of those games because I feel like they were more holistic experiences Mm -hmm. where the game designers were not—I mean, they were doing revolutionary stuff, absolutely—but at the same time, I feel like there was so much focus on let's make sure this experience is beat for beat fun, moment to
0: moment fun. Half-Life is more about, let's make sure this is beat for beat, revolutionary, not just in tech, but also in like concept. Conceptually, we're telling the story in a new way. But to your point, that's not always fun. Most of the time, that's just watching the quote unquote cutscene play out and then moving on to the next thing. But yeah, it is not an always fun game, whereas Doom is always fun.
1: (laughs) I think the goal is like, it, it it feels like Valve is a little more interested in impressing the yeah. player yeah. in a way that I feel like makes the games feel um, like it just feels like the gameplay itself is like just on a lower rung mm-hmm. than stuff like, you know, impressing us with the story, the way it plays out and impressing us with the amount of variety to the gameplay. Yeah, but I I find it. I don't know, I just am, I'm less interested, the older I get, the less interested I am in both Half-Life games. Well, I I think
0: I'll describe how it felt to me in playing this is uh, something else that I think this game is, uh, is really like, what, 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 the way it feels is, um, well, okay, I'll I'll put it this way. There's a, there's a very old YouTube series that's called Freeman's Mind. Mm -hmm. And it's this kind of old classic machinima thing of a guy who's literally just playing Half-Life but he's added his own commentary. He's he's scripted everything a bit more. Like he's he's made sure the events play out exactly how he wants. But he's just sort of doing funny internal monologue as Gordon Freeman. It's from a long time ago, so funny is in quotes there yeah. or whatever. But something that lives in in my head is the way he screams as Gordon Freeman, like a a, a soldier sprints around a corner, and the way he like terrifyingly wiggles his mouse around and is screaming and it's just sort of blindly firing that is so intrinsic to how half-life feels (laughs) like when the combat gets turned on is it's just like oh (laughs) like things move so fast and you're just sort of blindly trying to hope everything dies in front of you Mm -hmm. and all of that feeling is like it's like when the shooting segments are turned on it's incredibly like emotionally and mentally taxing because it's it's so chaotic it's not refined like nice precise you know there's no sniping really happening because the second a soldier sees you they start sprinting around the room like crazy and charging you and rushing you and Mm -hmm. shooting you with shotguns and stuff and and then that's just meant to be broken up with like the puzzle segments but it's like very much two modes calm sort of finicky puzzles and insane paced Uh, shooting segments that as you play the game, you get like different, slightly different types of guns, but it's not dramatically changing the vibe of how the shooting works. Right. And Half-Life is not that long of a game, but by the end of it, you are very ready for it to be over. And I think that's what gets to a little bit of what you're saying is you aren't asking for more Half-Life by the end of Half-Life. No, you're done. Whereas you finish Doom and you're like, what other kind of levels could you throw at me Dude, what else yeah. like what else could you do within this system but half life it's like you presented me with all of your ideas for this stuff conceptually, but I don't have any desire to do more within the levels themselves
1: and I think it's because of that lack of iterating on on yes. one idea yeah, so you know half life is a corridor shooter, it's also a platformer, yep. it's also a puzzle platformer uh it has you know you get to the end of the game and it's and you haven't even been doing the same thing for very long and it's right. like let's go to an alien world where yeah. now you jump different yeah and like and then there's a very, boss fight very, at the end, yeah a like, very another
0: worldy though right zen oh, totally. is very another world-y in in a could have been cool way except for also zen's got a whole bunch of its own issues basically yeah
1: <laughs> and and then that boss fight yeah. at the end i think is just kind of It's I don't know. I just very famous for being terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so long. It's it's just a very, very long fight. Yeah. And it has not much of a fight. Yeah. And it's too many a bunch of platforming segments (laughs) that are not fun to do. And yeah, just
0: across the board. It's a rough it's a rough time, which is why I really wanted to play some of uh, Black Mesa, which is like started off as just a fan recreation effort that then eventually valve fully like endorsed and licensed basically and was like yeah you can just read that this is your half-life remake it's, yeah. called, black mesa. it's called black mesa and That's i played a little game. bit of it um not the zen segment which famously black mesa redesigned all of zen like yeah. it's not if you play black mesa zen it's, it's not half-life zen it's yeah. a different level <laughs> and it's much longer even like overall the whole the whole the entirety of it but regardless i played a little bit of black mesa and I was playing it on my Steam Deck and I had a lot of glitches and I don't know if that's normal for Black Mesa or not, um, but it, it was a very, very buggy experience for me, so I would I, I think I eventually want to go back and just play Black Mesa Zen and not necessarily the whole game, but my original goal was to like play a bunch of Black Mesa kind of intertwined with me playing it and I I didn't end up doing that because my first session was pretty rough, actually.
1: Yeah. I kept thinking while I was playing Half-Life how much I maybe would like it if it wasn't a first-person shooter. I think there's an aspect to a uh, to first-person shooters where I kind of want gameplay to be at the forefront mm-hmm. because a lot of people talk about immersion a lot in the first-person perspective. And actually, I feel like for a first-person perspective makes it easier to recognize that I'm playing a video game, yeah. which maybe doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But it like it's it actually feels kind of unnatural because it. The more you ask me to pretend I'm in the game, yes. the more I'm like it's almost like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not, though, right. is the thing. Right. Like, but if
0: it's a third person game, I can move my camera around, but that's just me moving my camera around my character who's standing there. Be like the, the God guy. of War game, is like yeah. a wonderful example of that, right? Where that game's immersive because the camera is one sweeping motion the entire time. Right. So you're like, I never exit the moment. Yeah. But I'm not, like, I'm not messing up the moment either. I'm right. watching Kratos do the scenes and go through everything and, and all of that. And, and yeah, that is, that is like, a, and that one has cutscenes, even if it's just the, like, it's the game kind of takes over and moves stuff around. It still feels like part of one cohesive unit or whatever. And, yeah, I, I agree completely that, like, if I'm the one wiggling the camera around, it's not immersive. It's me getting to break the immersion. Like, I'm specifically going to spoil it for myself. Even, like, even, I'm not even saying, like, because I'm running around being stupid. I just even mean like that feeling of this is happening, but I'm going to kind of let my eyes wander and look over at this thing. Yeah. That's specifically not being immersed yeah. in the moment. <laughs> the alternative, like if I, if I was truly immersed, I wouldn't break eye contact. Like I would just stay looking at the character I right. meant to be looking at, Right. but that's not what you do. The character's talking and you just sort of like wander around the room and look, and you're still listening to what they're saying, but you're sort of like seeing what's over here and tinkering and like, that is just specifically not immersion
1: ironically i think that it's a it's a first person game where there's a lot of like let's be a, as immersive as possible but it also feels like the game is really rigid yeah. and really roller coaster like which right. is like a common i feel like just criticism of of uh i don't like the whole like linear games are bad uh stuff like that's sure. pretty dumb to me but there isn't such a thing as like the player agency not being prioritized high enough. Yeah. And in, in a weird way, I feel like half-life is like, Hey, so we're never going to break away from your first person's perspective. But at the same time, this is a game that very much you walk into a room and valve is like, here's what we have to show you. Yep. And it's always kind of like, it it's too, uh, it just does that too much for me uh-huh. to where a lot of times I feel like I'm letting the game down yeah. where I'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry, valve that I'm not, I'll I'll try to look where you want me to because I know that you really want to show me these these moments. Yeah. And that and again it comes back to that like what is Valve's priority? Sometimes it feels like the priority is to impress yeah. and not necessarily to provide um fun right. gameplay that that hooks you and makes you want to come back. Like yeah. I I've also played these games I think too much yeah. for for what they are. Like what like you're very excited about us playing Half-Life 2 again. Yeah. And I know in my heart it's going to be like my fifth or sixth playthrough of game. Yeah, it's probably my game. fourth. And that doesn't, that doesn't excite me because I feel like these games are not, they're not very fun to revisit because there's so little that can happen that is, that is going to be just meant
0: to impress you that first time. Portal is a perfect example. The the big thing for me in playing Half-Life is honestly, there's parts of Half-Life where you're like, this is just Portal stuff. Like I was, I was even more less impressed by Portal after playing Half-Life because I'm like, oh, Portal's not that far of a leap. From this stuff and in fact in one of the expansions for half-life you get effectively a portal gun obviously it's not to the tech level it's not the level. same, thing, not yeah, the same yeah. but like it's you know the the novelty of portal is not that big of a deal to me anymore. well see now
1: i might do something that frustrates you That's because fine. what i would like to say now is that I actually think the world of portal and mm-hmm. the world of puzzles sure is actually more like in line with this type of philosophy. Totally, no, it,
0: it's more refined to to what Valve is good at, and I think yeah. that's why Portal is regarded as the the greatest thing Valve ever made.
1: I think I think Portal will just always kind of shine brighter as an experience to me because I just feel like in playing all of their games, I just feel like they're a little bit insecure that that I might mess it up, uh-huh. and and that in that way, and I mean that's why both games start with. You're on a train. Right. Because you can't you, do anything. We need to take you to the thing and you right. need to see this, this stuff. And and it's good stuff to see. That's, that's, I do not want to be that type of person. Um, yeah, sure. It's a roller coaster. Uh, Lots of games are roller coasters. Big whoop. Who cares? Right. Half-Life is not a bad roller coaster. Right. I just think the rails are, uh, they're a little too firm. I'm yeah. pushing, I'm pushing on my <laughs> restraint and I'm yeah. being like, hey, uh, hey, you know, when you get on a roller coaster and it clamps down and you're like, um, it's a little tight and, like, oh! yeah. and, and then you're gone and it's a very it's an uncomfortable experience because you've you've clamped it's you've like, been crushed I, I can't um i yeah. i need to be able to breathe a little a little breathing room please. Right. and i that's that's what i feel about both yeah both half-life one and half-life two half-life one has less variety mm-hmm. so i think that clamping downness will always make it like just not as as much fun on on the revisit yeah that all of that being said Um, this is probably, I would say uh, a frustrating listen for maybe some people. Yeah. Uh, but I like, obviously this is one of the most important games ever made. Right. But I think part of old damers almanac is us going back to things that are important and really just, I mean, I would say my philosophy is to selfishly evaluate them right now. Yeah. yeah, What do I want to play right now? The,
0: the history of this game is, is very much considered. And I love it. Like, I really love Half-Life. I love the vibe. I love the world. I love the stories. I'm excited to do Half-Life 2 because I like the ways Half-Life 2 interprets some of the things that were left very vague in Half-Life 1, which is why I really enjoy a Half-Life 1 replay is like, oh, and then Half-Life 2 does this with that. That's pretty cute or whatever. But all of that is like novelties and nostalgia and that kind of stuff. But yeah, in the actual, like, how does this hold up to today's standards yeah, if I compare it to Doom, it's, it's a very, it's, it's not the same. Um, I, I definitely have that feeling of like, Half-Life is great. It's important. I don't necessarily think people need to play it in 2023. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and I wish I could say Black Mesa. It's like, just go play Black Mesa instead. I, I, I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying pending because I haven't really gotten to play enough of it. And what I did play was. In that fan project way where it's like, listen, there wasn't the quality, you know, there's, there's not enough time and enough people to make sure it's like a perfectly polished experience. But even that I'm not, I, I shouldn't say that because I've played all of maybe 45 minutes of Black Mesa and had. A, a handful of bugs come up during yeah, that, so whatever. Just,
1: we'll we'll litigate Black Mesa someday.
0: The problem is I don't know that we will because it's like at what point are we going to decide to replay basically exactly this game again? Yeah, did you
1: forget that we're playing? We're every playing single every single game, game all the ever no, time.
0: Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's rank this puppy. Well, wh-
1: okay. So one thing I want to start with for the ranking, yes. philosophy wise, is I just want to go ahead and put it out there. We've covered a handful of first person shooters at this point. Yep. And I just want to put where I feel. Yeah, in in that like because it's kind of all over the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me right now, of the shooters that we've ranked, uh, Doom is is me number one. Right. Uh, number two is probably Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, although it could be Quake. They're pretty close to each other Mm. on the list. Uh, and then number three would be Quake, and then I would probably put Half Life as number four and then but with number five being Goldeneye which we really did
0: not weird
1: but that's I mean I, where does Neon
0: White place for are you not is oh that that's kind of not in a, different a first category. person shooter to right. okay. that's, that's, that's fair
1: that, it has first person shooting but, but it is that is a first platformer. person platformer yeah me yeah like that that is the that neon is white the, and
0: portal are more similar and and these other games are a yeah and portal's
1: thing. a puzzle a, a first-person puzzle game yeah yeah um and yeah
0: okay so this for for you in the fps genre you said this is like fourth uh just above goldeneye
1: right um right. and but i also like really don't like halo 3 yeah. um because i, I yeah
0: halo 3 is higher than goldeneye for me personally and I would I would put Half-Life definitely above Halo 3. I I still put Half-Life above Quake. Uh personally. Quake I do think felt better uh, just as a game, but like the environments are not more interesting to me. And for me, the arcadey structure is okay, but I think it's fully realized in Doom, whereas Quake it just feels like a holdover. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and I I I find half-life's structure much more endearing to me personally as a player
1: so that's wild I, so, so you're talking about putting it in the top 15
0: well but i'm not because i know that we are we are going to find somewhere else entirely to well, do this but
1: i am curious about this what is the because this is this is an episode where um i was negative on something and you were positive on something maybe would be i mean it's not quite as as simple to put as that but what is the highest you would put this on the list? The highest on our
0: conjoined list that I would put Half-Life is probably I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling my eyes down the list and it's like, well, it's not going to go above eco for me. It's not going to it's not going to go above these like top 20s uh, even even I mean, like I look at Ocarina of Time and I think similar things basically, but I think also Ocarina of Time feels a lot better to play these days even if i think there's creative inflation on ocarina of time as well yeah um but i i think the highest i would go is even just like right under that right under ocarina of time is is the highest i would go for half-life uh, which is 28 but i know we're going to talk lower than that for sure
1: yeah wow um yeah so i'm i'm I am way down in like the seventies.
0: Oh, the seventies. Holy goodness.
1: Well, that's on my personal list. Yeah. So so that's, that's, that's not necessarily where I would put it on our list together. Sure. We have to find somewhere between the, (laughs) to me, it's like, you know, what's funny is when I think about half-life, I think about, um, star Wars shadows of the empire. Weird. Um, and I like Star Wars oh better, even though it has you're, way more problems. Yeah, you're in, in the Shadows is, of the Empire cult
0: is, at this point. Oh basically. yeah, no, I, 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 membership one. <laughs>
1: I will defend. I will defend my boy. Um, I think that Shadows of the Empire is wilder, we'll, weirder, uh-huh. and and it is also similar to Half Life. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is changing its game genre all the time uh-huh. and saying, "Here's this that we Here's came this up weird with." Thing, and I think if you do that in a way where if you do that in a sense of trying things for fun mm-hmm. and the focus always being we tried this we're trying to see if it's fun for you yeah i think that attitude of that of that is a little better than we are trying to impress you right moment. like it's like almost like shadows of the empire is literally like uh, we're gonna cut fat out and we're just gonna throw here's this game and this is a different kind of game yeah. than the last game yeah then, bam play it uh okay cool we did you like that oh here's the next <laughs> play, play, play that um,
0: I have okay I have I have a cheeky game to play then uh, and you get to play it as well you you you, you will get to retort uh, okay but here's here's my thing we have a huge range this week basically that we're actually talking about we're talking about like 28 to like 76 or whatever yeah, I don't yeah. even know right way too big of a range so I'm gonna play selection bias of trying to convince you of things it half-life should go above on this list even if we are going to recognize they like things are out of order for yeah, us yeah, personally yeah. right yeah. so for me I look at, you just said you do think Half-Life is better than Halo 3, and yeah. I also believe you would put Half-Life as above something like Inside, which is 49 oh, no, 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 and 52. About... Okay, well, talk to me about Inside then. Like, uh, give, give me that pushback. I'm, I'm interested in that.
1: I think Inside uh, has an emotional aspect to the story that Half-Life doesn't even sort of touch. Mm. I don't feel emotionally connected yeah. to anything that happens in Half-Life 1. Yeah. Uh, and I think Inside, while it's also a game that, that is delivering you into these like kind of canned moments. I think it does it right by having like one of the one of the core choices that that Valve is into with Half-Life that I disagree with is Gordon Freeman, the Uh character. I don't like this. He's sort of not a character. He sort of is a character. Yeah. I think that's a little Namby pamby. Uh And it doesn't to me add up to a whole lot. Yeah. Whereas inside that's about a boy. And right. I know that boy right. by the end of it. Right. I'm like, I I, know, I fear
0: for that boy. I feel for I, that boy. Yeah. And
1: I, even though to me, the problem with insight is they, they, I think wield that power cheaply mm-hmm. and in a way that it's tacky. Yeah. I still give them, I think the edge because that's a real boy. I know that boy. Yeah. Gordon Freeman. I don't really like yeah. Gordon Freeman. Like, and I don't like the way that, that valve uses Gordon Freeman as your avatar yeah. because it's just a way for everyone in the world of half-life to be like, hey, Gordon, like, yeah, right, you know, right. like, people just say your name and that happens and they, to be the character. And they all know, everyone in the world <laughs> of Half-Life already knows who uh, you are. It's true in Half-Life 1 and it's super true in Half-Life 2. Yeah. And after a while, it becomes predictable and kind of annoying. Sure, yeah. What about Halo 3 then? Halo 3 sucks. <laughs> Halo 3 sucks. That, that single-player campaign is moronic and rushed yeah. and unfinished yep. feeling. Actually, it doesn't feel unfinished, it just feels like we don't have time Slap to dash. have ideas. Right. So th- this is just what it is.
0: Our business is contractually obligated to finish the fight. Uh, yeah. So we will. Um, okay, well, well, push me. See, what, 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 what comes out to you that you, uh, you know, below that, like, you know, sell me on the idea of pulling Half-Life lower.
1: Well, so you like Half-Life 1 better than Portal? Let's talk about that. Portal's currently at n- number yeah. 39. Do you feel like you would give the edge to Half-Life versus Portal? Uh, f- personally...
0: Yes, I would. Uh I and and that that those personal feelings come from like I I like so much more about what half-life means for the genre than what portal means for the genre. I think portal is a really cool tech demo. I don't know that I agree with the idea that like portal propelled you know like theories of game design forward, right? Mm-hmm. I I I really don't. I mean I th- I think there's cool tech going on and there's some there's some interesting element for me, I think Portal 2 is significantly cooler and better of a game than Portal 1, personally. Uh, so, that'll but be I, an interesting to get to eventually.
1: I feel like if you take Portal away, we don't get... There's so many things we don't get that I like. Like, I feel like we don't get The Witness without Portal. We don't get... Interesting. The, all the walking, uh, yeah. the walking simulator stuff, I feel yeah. like maybe yeah. we don't get...
0: My, my issue with Portal is it spends so much time just teaching you the basics... Which mm-hmm. it had to do, it had to do in two thousand and seven. Complicated idea, yeah. It's a complicated idea. But now we know it, and and I find the first half of Portal's three hour running time boring and going through the motions of getting through those early puzzles. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a there's like an interesting hour, basically of Portal. That that's how I feel about it. It's like okay, once we're breaking out of the test facility, things are somewhat more interesting, but mm-hmm. they're also just borrowing the feeling of half-life like the that part of portal is half-life you're doing the exact same things but with a different kind of gun you're escaping the facility you, you it feels like you're just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and there's this like fluid movement of like i don't know where i'm supposed to go it looks like maybe i could get up there oh i can that is actually the intended way to go i think they feel incredibly similar and so then to me half-life is the more like OK, well, they did it <laughs> like their Half-Life's coming at a period of time where like nobody else was doing that. And Portal is just like we added some crazy tech onto the stuff we already know how to do.
1: I don't agree with any of that, but I do think it's interesting. So maybe yeah. let's put Half-Life above Portal.
0: Well, I, I, we, are we I haven't he- heard you sell me on lower and, and I think there's plenty of reasons to to push lower. So I wanted to play that game. No, no, of like, no. You, 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 you want to go for it?
1: I think that I think i think that someone say i just think it's fun it's a fun idea to try out yeah to say that portal is is n- not better than the original half-life right but i yeah i just i don't know that i Agreed. i just don't see this game in the same way that you do yeah basically i found it really i i kind of i just kind of in general have never i mean okay so we had we had a friend uh, who held Valve in, in very high yeah, regard. Right. And basically.
0: so they are who sold me on the idea of these games. Like they got me into Half Life too.
1: Yeah. And I think for a while I really kind of bought into it as well. And just as my taste for games have evolved, mm-hmm. there's a common thing that I do on Letterboxd uh, when I'm reviewing a movie where I'll say it's not dumb enough, uh-huh. where it could have been dumber yeah, and yeah. that would have made me happier. And I feel like there is this overall bias i might have to valve which is that i just think these people think they're really smart yeah and that carries a kind of you know maybe and maybe i'm projecting a little bit let's do hunter's therapy zone we never do that (laughs) nobody ever cares how i feel i think uh maybe i'm projecting a smugness Mm -hmm. onto half-life because it, it i do feel that way i feel a sense of like yeah, wow, this is, you're so smart. This yeah. is such a cool canned animation right. I need to watch now. That, but it's also kind of, like, even if it's compelling, and I won't deny that it's that it's compelling, it is compelling. Uh, The G-Man is such an interesting concept. Yeah. It's an interesting concept that they will never, <laughs> <Answer>. ever <laughs> expand upon. Yeah. So it's sort of like, all right, yeah. well, when is the... You know, if you think about similar similar stuff in other media, like um, oh, that character from the X Files that mm-hmm. is very similar to the G Man, uh, or like maybe what's something that resonates with us better? That's like a Q. G- I mean, is Q, Q similar? Q is sort of like G Man, but the the thing about those types of characters is that eventually there is some sort of mythology dump, uh-huh. some sort of expanding upon what they are, and I think in general what I always want. Valve to do that I feel like they will never give me, and that maybe the reason Portal Two is my favorite thing they've ever done is I think it's the closest they've ever come to that is just go deeper, yeah, is just is well, just deep in it, and I was going to say that same thing of we've talked
0: so much about you break your own immersion in valve games, and Portal two is that perfect recipe of portal 2 is a comedy game yeah. it's it's a it's a hilarious puzzle first person platformer, and part of your eyes wandering is you're never actually talking to a single character you're you're listening to the you know the very 2010 Z it's just an audio recording, but like all of that works in that environment and like portal two, I would argue is stupid enough for, for the rest of like, I think portal two is, is sort of that perfect marriage of those ideas of like, we're doing something really intentional, but also we've let it be like pretty stupid and full of jokes and, and like, you can mess around in the environments in really silly ways. Um, the
1: comedy chills out.
0: Yeah, the maybe. Whereas like Half Life is deadly serious. Yeah, for the most part, there's there's really dumb hokey jokes that happen in it, mm-hmm. and they're like in a sort of dark humor sort of way of like, oh my gosh, that guy's gonna fall to his death. Isn't that funny? Uh, but like, yeah, there's especially Half Life Two is like very serious. Uh, yeah. so I do agree with that. There there's a prestige ego uh, to these games where where Valve knows when we come out on the scene it's to move the whole industry forward half-life alex did that same thing effectively i mean it hasn't with vr right vr is still not taking off but half-life alex is seemingly the most impressive vr exploit we've seen or whatever but that's what valve chooses to be is like and then we decided to show up and really change everything but it's like yeah. but into what like into a thing that gives other people ideas of what they could do to make more fun versions of what you've made
1: basically I think this is why ultimately, to me, Half-Life, as far as an episode of this show, is kind of similar, it's in the same vein as, like, the Grand Theft Auto 3 episode. Yeah. Whereas, Grand Theft Auto 3 is, like, tacky, tasteless, uh, silly, uh, and uh, made, made by uh, uh, Dum- Dumbo's me no likey. Yeah. I think I might like it better than Half-Life. Weird. Is yeah. Is that's that... wild. See, the other thing, too, is that, like... Grand Theft Auto 3 is also uh, like a a not on rails experience inherently. It It, wants you to just play with the system and be stupid. It kind of just wants you to screw around. And I like, I like, me liking a game that let me screw around. And Half-Life, when you're screwing around, you're sort of like, let it, it's like, uh, we're trying to do, it's almost like you're in an, you're in an improv game Mm -hmm. with, uh, other people and they all know their lines perfectly and they really have an idea of what this is (laughs) you're allowed to do whatever you want yeah but if you do you're just kind of letting the the experience down
0: i don't think i feel right then putting half-life above portal even though it's it's a
1: bit how i feel but it's like you have a
0: lot of negatives to drag this thing down and and valid ones like ones that i recognize as flaws with the game and or like even genre so it's I, i just feel bad that like it doesn't feel like you're getting fully uh represented in those negative feelings in in and i don't know how much higher it gets to climb too and i don't really want portal half-life and stanley parable all right next to each other that's weird uh in terms of well
1: but it's interesting to know like where would you slice that like skyrim stanley parable yeah. like what where how how much further would half-life climb in your well eyes? It, it
0: gets complicated for a beat there right because final fantasy 10 and crusader kings 3 are just above us both of which are games i basically wasn't a part of playing or ranking. Yeah, 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 well
1: let's not worry about um, that. Let's 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 try and figure out this grouping. It would be
0: below of... Hitman for sure. Like we're not going higher than Hitman at the, at this point. Another World and Hitman are solid. I didn't connect personally with Super Monkey Ball, but I just I wasn't there when it was at its best opportunity to hook me. So that one's hard for me to like know what to do with. I'm pretty I feel pretty all right with Half-Life going below Super Monkey Ball. But I could see Half-Life being above Final Fantasy X for me because I don't, I don't know that I, even in listening to you and Son talk about Final Fantasy X, I don't know that I'm sold on like what makes Final Fantasy X better than a game that with its flaws still propelled the industry forward in such a monumental way as Half-Life did.
1: Oh yeah, Final Fantasy X didn't do anything to propel, if right. anything it took us backwards right <laughs> we lost ground we, all, we lost ground on final fantasy
0: X. so yeah i would put half-life above skyrim and final fantasy 10 and below crusader kings 3
1: how do you feel about it being above stanley parable Does it, that doesn't reflect oh your, i hate that yeah yeah taste. no that doesn't reflect my Parable is too too low way too low on for your own me list personally. though half-life would be above skyrim
0: i think so yeah that's tough that's tough <laughs> i don't know I I, I, I in the moment, I don't know that I can even make a call. I've put a lot of hours into Skyrim, but also there's a lot of that being just sort of like empty brain dead time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Skyrim doesn't make me think really much at all. Uh, whereas Half-Life makes me think about like the industry and games and stuff. So I, in this moment, when I'm trying to justify putting it above Skyrim, I'm capable of doing that. Sure. <laughs>
1: I think that maybe in the interest of not having Hitman and Half-Life back to back, Uh, maybe we let Super Monkey Ball split the difference and also it's kind of amusing to me the idea of taking uh, Super Cool Guy Serious Half-Life and putting it and being like Monkey Ball is slightly better. Yeah. I uh, mean, I'm I'm still even
0: I'm willing to concede ground on Crusader Kings 3. I think Crusader Kings 3 is definitely more interesting to think about than Half-Life even if I don't connect yeah, with it don't at all mind. I not I don't I don't I don't care <laughs>
1: I, I don't I don't really I don't give it what is hap-
0: Crusader Kings 3 at one point was the threest game on this list and it is just it's been mightily falling for a long
1: oh, time I mean it hasn't fallen in in my life at all sure I, I love that game but yeah. it you know it's like it's such it's you know I'm not gonna argue you I'm not gonna argue against a game that you didn't play and I don't even think i i I don't think if you played it you would be like well that's the that's the big thing
0: that the thing that always hurts crusader kings 3 is it's not just that i didn't play it it's that i have tried to play it and i just don't feel invited into that video game like i can't make my brain yeah join in on the fun uh i just love how much fun my friends have when they play it basically
1: yeah Yeah. but yeah uh screw you crusader kings 3 uh monkey ball monkey (laughs) monkey ball better than half-life one half-life one better than crusader kings 3 okay you take that think who's I... the real king it's gordon freeman it's
0: gordon freeman gordon
1: that... freeman just some <laughs> guy or whatever 27 year old mit the, the, doctor the
0: biggest thing i will defend to the audience who's probably getting mad at me because i do think too people oh, no, uh, don't dude, people, like our portal ranking and stuff people
1: don't like our portal ranking yeah but people love half-life i mean yeah i think, I think it's, it's I, very I'll, popular
0: i game. i'm glad you kind of disagree and are and are like happy to say you disagree with it but i I will still continue to stand by my beliefs that half-life is is more impressive to me in every way than portal beyond just like portal has like one pretty well refined cool trick to it uh that that that's all portal really is to me even though for so many people portal is like one of the greatest games of all time yeah Uh, that's a hard one with my brain for me to like grapple I, i i don't I don't fully get why Portal is so highly regarded. And I regard Portal highly, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean I I think it's again, I think it just comes down to like what what is most befitting the the Valve style. Yeah. If you're if you're telling me if you're basically saying like we are nervous about the player doing uh-huh. anything, we don't want the player to do anything, then if it's a puzzle game, that's like kind of a perfect genre right. for that. Do the puzzle. Literally the yeah. only thing to do is the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, so I think like I think it just matches with their sensibilities so much better, um, and I don't feel like there's any kind of dissonance of like player agency versus like it's just completely reasonable for a game to be like. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. That there's no agency. Yeah, you need to solve the puzzle right. in order to unlock the next thing.
0: And Portal is a commentary on that as well, right? The whole Gladys yes. arc is yes. is about that. So yeah, so it's no, not only it. an
1: example of that. It's also like uh, a formalist deconstructing yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I actually think Portal. I think maybe we've been a little too harsh on Portal, yeah. but but there you go. That's Half-life, my fault, everybody. <laughs> Half Life is the number thirty fifth yep. best game of all time. Uh, and there you go. Next week is
0: uh, going to be a doozy because it is time to talk about Fallout 2. Fallout 2. Uh, with a very special guest, Justin Keenan. Yeah. Uh, we've been trying to get Justin K. on the show for like a year and a half and we finally get to talk about Fallout 2. So yeah. uh, I'm super stoked uh, to to do that because especially I've never played a large chunk of the original Fallout games. I've I've played, you know, solid Hour to two-hour sittings and then set it down forever kind of thing. And so I'm I'm happy to be working through Fallout 2 finally. a little Yeah, bit.
1: I'm excited to get deep into it because I'm I'm the same way where I've just like I've started it up a few times, bounced off of it, and just kind of felt like oh yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> like, it's not even that I've disliked it. It's more like I just don't. I just haven't gotten to the hook. Yeah, yeah. In it. Right. And I know it's there just because I've heard about so many things that are in that game that are just like that sounds so. Uh, fantastic. But honestly, just want to go ahead and throw this down there. I have always felt a little bit iffy on Fallout. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's that part of me that is hypercritical of comedy in mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. and feeling a sense of like whether something is working for me comedically or yeah. not. Uh. So I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll see.
0: I wonder where that'll eke out because I I think I agree, and especially for stuff of this era. I think we certainly connect a lot more with the Tim Schafer brand of absurdist humor than Mm -hmm. we do with the like violent, dark, absurdist humor of things like Fallout.
1: Yeah, it's like I I think it's like. There's a certain thing of just somebody having comedy chops or not. Yeah. And Tim Schafer and and the other people that that worked at LucasArts on the 90s. Yeah, they were like actual, like they could have written for for like a sitcom or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like they could cartoon have just shows. Did. They would have
0: like yeah. animated kids shows would have been hilarious made by them. And that's, basically that's what Lucas. I bet Art some games of them are. did. Even. Yeah. I don't yeah, even. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't sure. know what all
1: they got up to. But like, I, they had like the I would say traditional comedy writing chops. Yeah. And I think a lot of quote unquote funny games do not necessarily care and i don't i'm not trying to be an elitist about it or gatekeep or anything yeah, yeah. that it's just like maybe a little bit harder to like click into to comedy that yeah is coming from people that maybe don't have like a very defined comedy perspective or right. like aren't used to being comedic people yeah definitely. um all the time so it's just like you know there's a difference between you and your buddies just being funny by the water cooler yep and like sitting down, and being like, "All right, how do we execute the funny?" Right. Uh, and Molly is here, so we we gotta go. Have to oh rap. no! Oh no! She's oh, here! Oh my god! Everybody oh no! Won. We are experiencing ah! a everyone. We're experiencing a scripted event where Molly comes into the office. <laughs> She's gonna
0: rip me down the elevator shaft.